What's up and welcome into the Lead Block. Happy Friday, everybody. Uh, my name is Tyler Walters alongside Matthew Anderson. Matthew, how you doing? Doing great. Alright, we got a little bit of a different show today. So, uh, we've been doing some different things lately with the podcast, doing more Thursday interviews. Um, and today we've got a little bit of that as well. Um, but we're going to do two interviews today because we have two ready to go. Uh, we recorded these earlier in the week. Um, and the first one is a guy Matthew knows pretty well. Uh, his name is Chris Lyles. Chris came on to talk with us about the NBA a good bit. And, uh, yeah, tell, me, well, tell us about Chris a second, Matthew. Okay, so it's funny. I met Chris actually my first day at USC orientation. Okay. I met him looking around, and we ended up chatting up a little bit. I knew he was a huge, huge NBA fan. As a matter of fact, hopefully here shortly he'll be working with some player personnel, and uh, whether it be the NBA, NFL, things of that nature. But I knew he, he's really he's really informative, and not informative. Informative is the right word. Informative. Yeah, I yeah. would say so. Yeah, so he, he knows all about the basketball. So I was like, you know, let's get him to lead block. I told him he'll be like our Chris Broussard. I don't know if you you know Chris Broussard. <laughs> yeah, I know Chris. yeah, he's had the same first name, so I figured it'd work out. And so he joined us. Uh, talk some NBA. Just give us a little update on what's going yeah, on. Yeah, it was really good. Um, so we do. A little bit of that, and then after um, you hear us talk with Chris about the NBA, we kind of talk about a little bit of the All-Star game. What else do we talk about with him? John Moran at the end. A lot end. of Kyrie Irving. Kyrie, yeah, a lot of Kyrie. Also, uh, disclaimer on that, I think my, my producer Brendan is out for, for the Chris part. Uh, I'm producing, so I'm not a world-class producer like our producer Brendan. He's <laughs> um, a fill-in. So I think... I think I think my mic was a little quiet in the first part, uh, but I fixed it about ten minutes in. So hopefully, hopefully it's good. Hopefully it doesn't sound bad. It shouldn't shouldn't matter. I'm I'm be a little quieter. Don't worry. It's not your car speaker. It's uh it's me messing up. <laughs> don't replace your car speaker. Yeah yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah don't replace your headphones or anything. Uh, it's just us on our part. And then what you'll hear after Chris. Um, so we're gonna Skype in uh, my buddy. Sean Corston, um, he went to USC. He graduated here in twenty spring twenty nineteen. Uh, Sean works for the PGA of America. Um, he works in golf. Kid loves golf. He's a big golf guy. So like, if you got a golf question? Like I go to him. Like he reads the golf. Like he has a golf, the rule book of golf. Oh wow! Like, the most boring book of all. Yeah, time. I was it's, about to say it's golf disgustingly too. boring. You wouldn't make it through like two words. Like, yeah. I don't think I'd make it past the front cover. <laughs> uh, Sean, on the other hand, can read you like half the rules in there. He just knows off the top of his head. So like he's that <laughs> kind of guy. But don't worry, we're not talking golf. We're not going to bore the hell out of you today. Uh, we'll probably get Sean back on to talk Masters maybe when we get to that time. But Sean is a huge Yankees fan. Um, and I mean, we talk about baseball like nonstop. Like when I want to talk about baseball with someone, like call up Sean, text him, whatever. Uh, little good bit of. I'm a huge Red Sox fan. Good okay. bit of back and forth between me and Sean all the time, just constantly. Uh, so we get into some baseball topics with him regarding you know this entire Astros cheating scandal thing that's been going on for a couple months now. We haven't dug into that on the lead block. I seen Aaron Judge had some comments about it yesterday. Aaron Judge has had a bunch of comments. Don't worry. Like I, I've got some things to say to Sean about that. <laughs> but, but yeah, like we talk about everything that's kind of going on now with it. We don't break down the whole Astros cheating scandal. So if you don't know anything about it, if you just type in Astro scandal on Google, you will find ten thousand things on the internet just to kind of sum you up real quick. Um, 
but yeah, it, it, we talk a little bit about that. We talk about how depressing my life has been this off season as a Red Sox fan uh, because we're losing everyone that I love. Yep. Um, and good things don't last always. No, and I'm <laughs> ready for John Henry to sell this team, uh, and it's going to be hard for me to watch baseball this year. But we get into all that in a little bit more with Sean. Um, but before we go, so thank you to both Chris and Sean for jumping on the lead block. Um, thank you for listening to the lead block. Uh, thank you to Ben Sound for our music for the show, the intro and outro music, as always. And I guess we will talk to you. We're going to end it on Sean's interview. Yeah. Um, we'll outro it there. So Matthew and I will talk to you Monday. Yep. We'll be back in here. All Monday. right. Enjoy. All right, so now we welcome on Chris Lyles to the lead block. It's Lyles with an S, right? Yeah. All right, Chris Lyles uh, to the lead block. Got a little NBA talk today with uh, with Matthew and Chris. So we'll go ahead and get right into it. So, Chris, first question. Uh, you a Kyrie Irving fan, Brooklyn Nets? I was more of when he was with Cleveland. Okay. Not so with the Nets. He's not really producing like how he would with Cleveland. So, I I'm really on and off with him right now. So Yeah, it seems like he can't stay uh, healthy. I think he's missed like almost 30 games or so this season, and yeah. we're just hitting the All-Star break. But how do you think it's going to be next year, I guess, you're looking ahead a little bit whenever Kevin Durant's back? I think that'll be a force. I think that it will turn into, you know, the Nets, 76ers, the Celtics. Um, I think that will translate to them being more so like, okay, this is a team. They can take over. So. I think they'll be the second best team behind uh, Milwaukee, or do you think mm-hmm. they might be a little bit better than them? No, and I say no because when you look at the Celtics, Celtics that's just a team like no one's like a Kevin Durant or Kyrie yet, but they have the pieces to be like, okay, this is a team, this is like a bunch of dogs that can go get it, um, and that's what I think the Nets lack. It's, it's, Exceeding Kevin Durant, they need. A, I agree with Kyrie when he said they need a few more pieces. Yeah. I think so, but what do you think about that comment when he said it? How he said it? I think he, he should. I think he shouldn't have said it on air. He should have kept that to himself. Yeah, but I do agree with what he was saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what kind of the thing me and Matthew were saying is like, yeah. I mean, he's right, but like you, you can't come out and say that because he's. Dog all your teammates. Yeah, because exactly. he mentioned like what, like four or five guys, and so if you're not mentioning that, it's kind of like, well, you know, you won't be here next. Exactly. Year. <laughs> yeah, it was like because I brought up the comparison. It was like last year when LeBron just started trading people from the Lakers, like left and right, and it was like the same kind of thing, like except I mean, I guess he didn't actually trade him. So at least LeBron like just you know shot him in the head instead of two in the chest and let him bleed out. And he's just like, I'm just gonna let you suffer for a while. And LeBron is LeBron. Yeah, yeah, that's well, that was the other thing we said like. LeBron James can do that because he's LeBron James. Kyrie is, he's not You got a little more time. Yeah. I just think that's such a weird dynamic to be like, even if we go back to how LeBron was last year, it's like, first of all, the young guys. These aren't like 15-year vets. These are young guys sitting there in his locker room, and it's like, you know behind closed doors, LeBron's like, yeah, he can't stay. You can't stand. And he's sitting there right beside you. Exactly. Like, and there's nothing you can do. And, okay, so I was actually doing some research on this. I think you have 48 to 72 hours to report to your new place after you've been traded. Right. Yeah. So I think it's crazy. It's like you have to uplift, like, your whole family. Oh, yeah. 
like all of y'all get up, leave y'all. You don't really get the the luxury of maybe like normal families like yeah. scouting out where you want to go live at things of that nature. You got to pick up and go. Yeah, I know. Like, I mean, the best preparation I can do, like baseball is the only only. Well, I mean, I guess it's probably similar in hockey too because they play a lot of games as well. But like, I know in baseball game. I was listening to Trevor Bauer got traded last year. He was like, yeah, I went home. He was like, found out I got traded. Went home. Like, had to pack up my entire apartment in some bags. He was like, he went back to the game that night from the team, he got traded from Cleveland to uh, Cincinnati. He was, and he went back and watched the game. He was like, I mean, I just went and watched the game in the stands because I didn't have anything else to do. And my, my flight was like that night. So it's like literally everything you own is in a bag and you got to go play the next day. And I think a lot of players, they don't typically stay in houses. A lot no. of them stay in apartments. Especially the younger guys. Especially. So when you get guys like LeBron, like Kyrie, like guys that have big time contracts, they have houses here at different spots so yeah, they can yeah. move so because most of the guys end up at ucla in the off season and, right uh what is that called they have like a whole thing the of wooden, it the wooden center I imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 and so they're all out there playing and so actually they were talking about the all-star thing we'll talk about the all-star a little bit later in here but uh they were saying for a while that you could get better runs watching the games at ucla than you were getting in the all-star game and so obviously guys got fed up but go right back here hold on one second before we leave brooklyn how many Nets? All right, so I'm not a huge basketball person. Okay. But Brendan is our producer. Brendan's out for this part of the show. Shut up, Brendan. Um, yeah, I think he's in Spanish class or something. <laughs> like that. But uh, he, he'll turn on the Brooklyn games. It's hard to watch because their floor is just charcoal gray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can't see anything. And so if you like paid attention, you guys paid attention to that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I mean, me and Brendan like talk about it all the time. I, like I can't see. I think. It's, but I like it though. I think it's a good marketing move as far as people that go to the game. That, it yeah. might it might hurt because of people that are watching at home. It's like okay, we can't see that. Yeah. But I, but also, if you're a Brooklyn fan, you probably love that. Yeah. Like, it's your own thing. Like that's yeah. how we talk about all the time. Like how the court here in South Carolina is just kind of like plain. Yeah, but like in other places around the country, in college basketball, at least it's different. Like Oregon, especially. Well, I mean, Oregon but, is that's that's home. That's Nike's hometown. Yeah, so, so they can of course they're gonna look out for But like even LSU was watching LSU last night. There's different. Like everyone's is different, and Brooklyn is just like beyond any other court in the United States. Just like we're just gonna do it a different. <laughs> we're just yeah. gonna go in a different direction. Also, that's Jay Z. I'm pretty. Sure, I think he was a part owner yeah. before he ended up leaving and stuff like that. Uh, but it's a big inter- reason they're in Brooklyn, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they were in New Jersey, yep. New if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But yeah, okay. But also about this Kyrie, uh, he's now the vice president of the Players Union. Effective, I think, like a couple days ago, like yesterday. Who had it before him? Do you remember? Paul Gasol. Paul Gasol had him before him. So, what do you? Th- what are your thoughts about that? I think he. I think he's a great person for it. Um, another person great for it would be, of course, LeBron. Yeah. Um, but I think if we're going for as what the players want and what the players need, I think he's a great leader for that. Okay. I was, uh, Kendrick Perkins had an interesting <laughs> statement. <laughs> he felt as if that the blind were leading the blind in this case. And I, had, I got a huge reaction out of the media. Mm-hmm. It's apparently Kyrie's a big intellect. Like, he's very intelligent. He likes to think things through and things like that. So in that way, and also he's also injured. So he has a lot of time. Yeah, he, a lot of time. <laughs> he has a lot of time to uh, come up with decisions and things. That magnitude. What are your thoughts on Tyler? I mean, well, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, players' unions are different. I know the NFL guys hate the NFLPA. Yeah. But I think the NBA PA is a little bit different because 
like things actually seem to work for NBA players and like their commission but like, their commissioner knows how to get things to work. Um but like I don't know, Kyrie leading it seemed to be a shock to basically everyone on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. The Twitter community definitely had their thing. Somebody else said it seems like a lot of other people didn't want the job. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like I would like at first you're like, alright, why isn't this LeBron or like K D or someone like a even bigger guy? Like, why would those guys even want this job? Like, they're making all the money in the world. Like, they're kind of doing their own thing. Like, Kyrie kind of, like, he's still, like, grasping, like, for some, I guess, like, some foundation in the NBA at some point. And, like, I think this will maybe, maybe he thinks will help his legacy or, like, his relationships with other players and stuff. I don't know. Like, it's definitely big for him. Like, it's a good thing for him as long as it goes well. Yeah. And then playing devil's advocate, you could say, you know, being alongside LeBron, like, okay, I want that. Yeah. And kind of almost envying it to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. hmm, like that's, like, that's something I want. Like, I feel like I work for that. Why can't I have that? So he's trying to, like you said, trying to use that, you know, NBA Players Association to be like, okay, all right. It makes Let it more me. of like, like basketball players all the time talk about how, like, we're not just basketball players. And when you go outside of basketball and, like, well, I mean, I guess it's still inside basketball. But when you take a position of, like, business or like some kind of power where you like have a big impact on the future of the game like it definitely create like gives you a lot of credibility that other players don't have because they don't have that position yet yeah so like, as far as Kyrie himself is concerned like it's got a, it's a great PR move at least. yeah let's say a great chess move also it's like he's because see LeBron and him are focused on so many different other things you know like Absolutely. movies and stuff especially being in LA LeBron shouldn't be worried about that at this point in his career yeah uh Kyrie's already done his movie Uncle Drew I'm sure he'll do many more and I know he has other like advertisements and things but it might be like a little goal of his he wants to like check off and he might see some things in the league that he might want to uh, adjust a little bit but we're going to stay Oh, stay on obviously basketball. But did you watch NBA All Star Weekend? I did. I did. Okay, so slam dunk contest. Slam dunk contest. What are your thoughts? Aaron Gore obviously got robbed. Yeah. Um. Let's let's talk about that. I think him not wanting it to do it again. I agree. But if you want to give the fans something to look forward to, I would say do it again. But I see why he would do so it. So he's again. out now? He's just not doing it? He, he, yeah, he said he's like, nah, I'm not doing it no more. So, like, I, did we talk about this on air the other day? I think day? so, because your thoughts were... I know we talked about it. On, I thought, like, I mean, if you're going to jump over Taco Fall, like, you, and you don't get over Taco, like, you, I think you fail. Mm-hmm. So, like, my thing was, I was kind of with the boat. Like, if he was, like, jumping over Taco was a great, like, a great idea, and he just didn't do it that time like could it could he probably do it like in the gym i mean yeah absolutely that's probably why he tried it but like i think he failed and at that point <laughs> so he didn't win but my bigger problem was that me and matthew talked about this like when every other like player has like everyone's getting tens like all across the board like how are you even how is it even a legitimate score to begin with because everyone got 50s for like every dunk except that one <sighs> See, and when you say he didn't jump over Taco, the, when I saw it, was it the sense of, because I think I walked away when that happened, and I came back and he did it. Was it a sense of he missed the first time, and then the second time he well, did no, it? Like he got, like, he just didn't get over Taco's head. Like, it's like he got the majority over him, but, like, his He got over his shoulders, or would have killed both of them, probably. Yeah. Because they're huge human beings, and they hit the floor. Like, that's going to cause some damage. But, I mean, 
he just didn't get all the way over him. It's like, I don't know if he should be rewarded for that. I'm kind of, I like, I'm, like, I get, like, the argument against that, but, like, I'm kind of in the boat, like, eh, it's fine if he lost. <laughs> I think what made everyone upset was the fact that he lost the first one. And for the like for him to yeah. skip a year and come back, yep. it's like, okay. That's kind of what he said, too. Like, he was upset with, like, he felt like he got robbed twice. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like, and also those slam dunk contests, it's like there's so much creativity that has to go into it because so many people have already participated in this thing. Right. It's going to keep coming up with new ideas and then to lose twice. It's kind of like, yeah, I'm done with this. But right. jumping over Taco, like, I think you should just do that again next year for, like, every single <laughs> one of the stocks. Just keep finding hilarious like people are obsessed with taco i think i saw something uh it must have been on twitter where it was like taco's the only person that can make shaq look like a regular person when he's walking around <laughs> yeah because he's how tall is he do you know seven six yeah. and shaq is seven one did you i actually went to the what was this a super regional last year mm-hmm. usc uh at the colonial life arena when duke was playing i saw him play i didn't really know too much about him then uh huge obviously he's a huge guy yeah uh, uc is playing for ucf i don't i want to say they won I think they won one that weekend. Yeah, I know they won the first of Friday night. Yeah, because yeah. I had the one that said the Duke. I forgot who they were playing. They were playing South Dakota State, North Dakota State. One I don't remember. I remember you going there. Yeah. What did Carson Wentz play? Uh, North Coast State. That's who it was. Okay. But uh, also, all-star game format. Did you – what you thought of it? When I first watched it, I thought it was different. Um, I heard about it, but to see it in action, I was like, okay, this is not going to work. But as I kept watching it, for them to do it quarter by quarter yeah. and then do it in the end, like, okay, the first one to, what was it, 157? Yeah, I think so. And it brought a sense of competitiveness to the game that wasn't there beforehand. And I think that's what a lot of people enjoyed about watching All-Star. It was a sense of, okay, you know, watching these guys actually play defense for once. Yeah. And then it – Shows the fans like okay, we can actually sit back and we can actually watch this again. So yeah, I, I agree with you. So like, I think the they only the only thing they need to work on is kind of more of a TV element thing. Is like the score just going back to zero just inherently confuses people. Like when you're watching at the end of the first quarter, like now it's still just it, go back it, to zero zero. It, in a sense, it like. Confused me too because I was like, okay, what happened to the score? But then I looked on the top and I was yeah, like, yeah, they, they still okay. have it up there, but like, I don't like they they'll have to work on that. But that's more of like a TV issue. But I thought like the game itself, when the most important thing to me was when you look around reactions around fans and um, people around the NBA in general, is that people largely liked it. Yeah, and if you can get people to like an All Star game at any sport, you're doing it right. Right, because. I mean, no one cares about the Pro Bowl. People who really like baseball care about the MLB All-Star game, but, like, I mean, it really doesn't matter. Like, I'll, t- I'll turn on for the first inning, first few innings, but, like, I'll tune out. I love baseball. Like, basketball, like, people, basketball, NBA's getting harped on for the last few years because it's not competitive at all anymore, and the score's 400 to 400. But when you can find a way for people to like an All-Star game, you are doing something very, very right. Yeah, I saw even the players were arguing with the referees. Like, okay, That's like we got, want, yeah, man. we got something going here. I thought it was crazy whenever I saw the picks, how uh, the Greek freak decided to pick his team. I was like, "What are you doing here?" Yeah. I guess they ended up working out a little bit better than I was expecting. But I think LeBron was kind of like, "Is he serious right now?" Brendan was telling me he was uh, he was listening to um, who's who's your guy that used to go on with Chris Carter, um, Nick Wright. Yeah, Nick Wright. Nick Wright. He said he was listening to Nick Wright on the radio as he was picking. 
like during this draft. <laughs> and Craig just he goes, let's see if we can figure out how, if Giannis figured out how to draft. Giannis picks around one and he goes, no PS. <laughs> <laughs> He's absolutely no idea. Yeah, I was shocked when I was sitting there watching it, but it ended up working out for him. But and I think it worked. I think it worked into their favor because a lot of people thought, okay, they're about to get demolished. Exactly. But when they came out there and played, everyone was like, oh. And I think that's what drew everyone to keep watching because the you know the first what two three quarters it was just nothing but alley oops and three pointers, but having that team that he drafted and it was just a sense of like okay, obviously this is not you know you know player on paper like okay this is not a good team to that's not gonna win yeah but as they were playing it was like okay yeah you know, they, they may have a shot <laughs> yeah it's crazy almost like an underdog to an extent in the All Star game. Well, speaking of LeBron and picking his teams in the All Star game, I don't know if you think he'll play an All Star game every year to leave the league. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, there was no, there's no doubt he would not play. Only time he would not play is if he gets hurt. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy how he's been durable all this time. But speaking of LeBron, we're talking about L.A. Who's the king of L.A.? Who you think the uh, Lakers or the Clippers? Are we going off of? Marketability or playing just off of this year, as far as like teams going for it, because it's always going to be the Lakers. Yeah, well, I'm saying like, who do you think? Okay, so those two like on the court this year. Yeah, on the court, they end up in the Western Conference Finals. Who you taking? I'll take Lakers. Take Lakers. Yeah. As as the Clippers beat them twice in the regular season, but as LeBron says, regular season don't matter. When playoff time comes, that's that's when it matters. Okay. And then, and I think. I think him and AD, they had a little conversation because it aired on ESPN. You know, AD got kind of down about it, and then LeBron was like, no, like when playoff time comes, that's when I need you. Yeah. So, Yeah, I, I like the Clippers. I really like those. What are those uniforms they have, the white ones with the black writing, the street? It's almost like Grand Theft Auto. They're city uniforms, right? City, yeah, city, city uniforms. I mean, yeah, I love those uniforms. Also, I'm a big fan of Paul George and Kawhi. I like guys that come from, like, the small schools, like San Diego State. And What's up with Paul George right now? Fresno State, I, I have absolutely no idea. I need him to get together. Like, like y'all said, by playoff time. I don't know what's been going on with Paul George. But, but did he, like, miss the last eight games or something? Yeah, he's been missing a lot. It's crazy, like, between these injuries, so you got – Lower management for Kawhi, and you have Paul George like that. It's like, guys, a lot of these guys are getting hurt, and for a large portion of the season at times. And see, I don't know if this is just like, it's just, you know, the average player, but when I look at LeBron, LeBron had, has he missed a game this year? I don't think so. I'm not 100% sure, but I don't think so. I mean, here it is, you, what, 34, 35, and yeah. you playing every game you have, and then you're still averaging, what, 26? Six and five, I think. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not seeing the sense of low management when you have players before you that can play a whole season and be fine. So, yeah, I even heard Kobe say at one point he was like, he would like, I think somebody asked him something along the lines of, would you, you know, do low management? He's like, low management. It's, it's interesting how those older players seem to be like, I'm gonna make sure I give that fan uh, a show every time they decide Boom. to uh, come to the games. Because it might be they, this might be the only time they can pay for a ticket or whatever they case, and so it's like I'm about to show them. But it seems like the younger players are more so about their own money, you know, their with their own well being and things of that nature. See, I think that's a little bit of both, because like if you look back, like what, like two, three years ago, like fans. I remember a huge story we had in basketball, all across like these smaller markets in the U.S., where it was specifically LeBron not playing when they would come to their city, like when he was with Cleveland, like. He wouldn't play that night. 
And from a basketball sense, like, it makes no point for, like, it makes absolutely no sense for LeBron to play. Like, why would he play? Like, risk injury. Like, we, we don't need him tonight. Like, we're still, you know, we're still in a playoff spot. Like, it doesn't make any sense for us to play. And I get that completely. And I also think that with Kawhi, like, load management worked for him last year. So, and, I mean, they won. So if it's proven to work, why wouldn't you try it? But I think, uh, like, Kobe is a different animal. Like, he yeah. was going to play every night. Yeah, it's play. just a mentality it's just, thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like, it's just, it's all a mental thing, like, up to the player. But I think if a coach sees that and it works, like, they want to use and it won a championship, like, they're going to try to use that. Yeah, because really, one can say, like, for our ownership, that's where the problem becomes. Because, like, if you win the championship, it's like, for the players, that's what your focus, that's what your main goal is. Right. Meanwhile, for the ownership, it's more like the TV contracts, you know, things of that nature. But, yeah, so and I know we all love South Carolina talents and things of that nature. So, you know, we have the John Morants. We have the Zion Williamson's of the world. Right. Uh, do you think – how much weight do you think that – well, actually, do you – are you one of these believers that Zion's going to have to cut some of this weight out? Yes, or 100%. How much do you need to play at? What is he, like 295? 290, something like that. I think he needs to cut down to at least 270. 270? At least because – Yes, if you're from the South and where he's from, from that neck of the woods, everyone's, you know. Husky. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so having that translate to the NBA, I just think that he just needs to cut down because, what, he's how many games has he missed? Like 16 games? Yeah, I think so. It's up there. Yeah, so here it is, you pulling another Ben Simmons. So it's like, okay, you know, granted, Ben Simmons, his situation was different. His was just solely on, okay, you know, my knees messed up, but at the same time, that has translates to my weight as well. So cutting that back, I think, would help a lot. You hear a lot of players saying, especially former players saying, on the eight, over an 82-game season, it's like you can't really withstand that with that much weight. I'll be interested to see, as far as the training table, or if he has his personal uh, chefs and stuff, what they do in the offseason coming up. You think they end up making the playoffs, or you think they're out? They'll be out. I, if they do get in, it's, it's going to be AC. Nothing higher than that. Yeah. So, I don't I don't see them making, like, anything like a five or a six. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was interesting because before Zion was out, it was like they weren't really on TV that much. But right. he comes back, now they're flexing them in on games. I'm a huge Lonzo Ball fan. I still say my favorite college basketball time was watching him at UCLA that season. I want to say that is 2016, 2017. Mm-hmm. His time at UCLA. Uh, he's redone his shot, correct? Right. Yeah. You like it? What do you think about it? What do you think is sustainable? Is the question. I don't. I don't. I think he needs to improve a little bit more. Okay. I don't. At this point, I don't think it's just mechanics. I think it's just you know just getting in the gym, putting up more shots. Yeah. Where's yeah. Levar? Levar's been quiet. I think as I watch a little bit of the, I follow Lamelo. Lamelo, that's the youngest. I follow him a good bit. That's the youngest. And then one. one of the yeah, one of the, his mentors, which is Levar's friends, was like Levar, you might have to hang out here and chill out if you want him to go number one, because you don't want the Levar ball thing to get started around the time of the NBA draft for next year. Right. And so it's like if he stays quiet, there's a better chance that he'll be like, well, maybe Levar's learned his lesson, and they draft Lamelo uh, first overall. I can't wait if he co- if he comes back after that. Like, if he was huge, dude. Levar was like. I thought he was hilarious. LeVar, I it was annoying, LeVar. but at the same time, like, he made something. He gave, like, Stephen A. something to talk about every day, which is great. Yeah, and to the point where, I mean, he's arguing with Trump. He's, like, he's really, <laughs> yeah, he, so he really became like, a public a, figure. A right. basketball, like, a kid's, like, dad arguing with the president of the United <laughs> States. <laughs> and it, helped, it did nothing but help Big Baller brand. How much do y'all think of that is just 
that's him being him, or is that him being marketable? It's him, like, I mean, I think to an extent it's him, but, like, he's playing it up, like, way a lot. Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't, like, I can't imagine sitting around the house with Lavar, like, he's jumping around screaming nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, I feel like he's playing it, like, he saw an opportunity, and he made a lot of money, and now he's like, all right, well, I made a lot of money, so I'll keep quiet for a little while if that's what I need to do, and I'll just do it again. Yeah, yeah, I think I think a, a large portion as far as supporting his sons is him, but I think he started kind of eating up the, but which is smart because if you have a brand, you need to be as recognizable as possible. So I would do that too. But yeah, so the last thing I want to ask you about is Ja Morant. I was obviously a huge fan of Ja. I didn't really yeah. know about him. I'm actually surrounded by a lot of Sumter people, and I always ask them if they know anything about him. It's like, yeah, I'm like, y'all ever played with him, been around? He's like, no. I'm like, how have none of y'all been around Ja his whole entire life? But uh, probably just a regular dude. Yeah, they said that he actually just hit a growth spurt like late in his uh, high school years and for us a lot shorter and stuff. And he had to work on also becoming a better team player, which is interesting because now so much of his game is built on like being able to get guys assists and things of that nature. But you think he's next man up? Yeah, most definitely. I think when I look when I watch him, he reminds me so much of D Wade. Okay. As far as playing ability, as far as athleticism and the way he moves on the court. When I watch him, I'm like. Yeah, that's D-Wade reincarnated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And that Memphis team, they take a lot of pride in what they got oh, going yeah. on in there in Tennessee. So, hope to see them in the playoffs here shortly. Yeah. Where do you see them going as far as, like, seed-wise? I see them in the middle. Middle, maybe four. To, somewhere between four and six. Yeah. Four and six, yeah. I would. I love to see it. Uh, I just – I always like watching them play. I like guys like that who can get guys the ball. Right. And – Open field. I mean, not open field. Talking football here. We get the guys the ball in open space and can make their own basket themselves. Right. And so yeah, so it'd be great to see them. But Chris, we appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no problem. Thank y'all. Yeah, Thank you so much. <laughs> we'll be sure to have you on probably a little bit closer to playoffs. Yeah, we'll do okay. it again sometime. Thank, Thank you all for having me. All right, welcome into the lead block part two. I guess this interview interview day on the lead block two interviews. Thanks to Chris um, for his interview. Now we're welcome on my good buddy, Sean Corston, uh, on on Skype. So we sound different than the rest of the show, which kind of stinks. But Sean's in Michigan doing golf stuff. Sean, what do you do for the – Sean works for the PGA of America, right? Yep, working for the PGA of America, the 2020 KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship. I am a marketing and promotions coordinator. That sounds real fancy. That's a lot of words. It's a lot um, of words. I it takes me about five minutes to type it out in every single new email. Yeah, <laughs> but basically, we want to talk a little baseball. So I was like, God, who do we know? Who do we know from the lead block family? Who's the best to talk baseball with? And we got this loudmouth Italian Yankee fan. Like, let's get him on. Break down the a little bit of the Astros cheating scandal. I know you've been holding in some stuff. So I've been holding in some stuff. It's this has been going on for a long time. You know it. I know way it. Way too long. Um, maybe way too long. I think it's way too long at this point. Yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna start. I know I told you. I told you this the other day. I told you I had something coming for you. This is dead. Dead. I'm so interested. I'm. So I know we talked about. We were on very different sides of the fence when this whole Astros cheating scandal came out. Are you uh, still on yours? Are you, are you I'm still on my side of the fence. I mean, I was wrong in some parts. Yeah, I'm still on my side of I don't care that they cheated. I just don't care. I don't care. Like, I don't care. I don't care. Everyone in the 90s took steroids. We still have, we still think Barry Bonds is the home run king. Like, 
I know Barry Bonds probably could have hit that many home runs, but he like it. How about all those balls that just barely got over? So what is he like? Maybe probably. I mean, I would imagine that's probably a hundred of them. So I think you need to try them out and have him hit fifty more. Like I think I, it, it, there's it is so different between an individual player doing this. It's different. It's different between between an individual player doing this and an entire organization systematically from the top down. Literally top down when an intern is running your software. It, I think it's different when from the top down, literally from your GM to an intern who writes the software. You have to look at it in a different light. You, I, you really do. Yeah. All right. So I'll go back to like what I was yeah, kind of saying. Me- I, I, so like I don't really care. I'm more against steroids than I am against this. Um, and I'll tell you that reason in just a second. But first of all, I will say when we originally talked about this, when because you, you texted me, you're like, "Oh, dude, like, I mean, obviously I'm a big Sox fan." You're like, "Cora, like, he, you're gonna, you're screwed, like, he's gonna be gone." And I was like, "Dude, shut up! Like, nothing's gonna happen. They'll give the Astros a slap on the wrist, like a slap on the wrist. Like, it's like this is something everyone does, and the Astros just got caught. And I really don't think it's that bad, and I don't care. Boy, was I wrong." Um, you so, missed the mark. I missed the mark. The Astros. Fine. Well, if it was me in charge, that's what I would do. I'm like, oh, just, dude, just don't do that again. Um, the Astros. Uh, AJ Hench, their manager, gets gets the boot. Uh, their GM gets the boot. Um, basically, like well, everyone. In, yeah, suspended. Yeah, from from baseball for a year, uh, which is ridiculous to think that. Uh, they only get suspended for this, yet Pete Rose is still banned from life for betting on himself uh, to win baseball games. And then you have that happen, and then Alex Cora, manager of the Red Sox, who was the bench coach in Houston in 2017, he gets let go, let's say. It wasn't technically a firing. I still think... Well, we won't won't know for another eight days. We may never know. Like, I don't like, no, we'll, we'll find out. So, uh, commissioner came out today, said, uh, we'll, uh, find out by the 28th. I'm, gonna, I'm getting to the, I'm getting the rap. I'm getting the okay. rap. We'll I get got some things to rap. Um, but yeah, basically all that happens. And I'm like, and there's no way that anything's going to happen. And everyone gets fired. I'm like, Oh crap. Didn't see that coming. But still to me, I just, I still don't care that much. Like Dodgers fans are all ticked off about it. Uh, Yankees fans are all ticked off. Yankees, oh my God. The Yankees group of players, like John Carlos Stanton and Aaron Judge, just boohoo crying about this. Like, shut up. Like, you didn't win the World Series and you were doing the same thing. That's my biggest problem with this, is because you all have all of these white nighters around baseball going, oh, the Astros cheated and they use video systems to decode signs. Like, Oh, what, what a crime. You, every single clubhouse did the exact same things. And it is now being more known that the Yankees started it all. And that's how it got from New York with Carlos Beltran from New York to Houston because he got there and showed up and say, hey, this is how we did it in New York. We're going to win like this. You know what you're missing? You are missing one crucial detail. One crucial What's detail. That? The Yankees never did it in game. The Yankees that's never did They've proven to do it in life. So they here's the it. thing with the Yankees. The thing with the Yankees said, I will say. Are you going to bring up the Apple Watches? Because guess what? 
Socks got I don't, knocked. I don't care. Too. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I just don't care. See, that's the one thing, like, in this <laughs> argument that we have between me and you is, like, you care about cheating, and I don't, like, I don't, like, the Red Sox won the World Series in 2018. I'm a, I'm, I'm, look, I'm a better person. I, that's all I can yeah, say. I'm a yeah. better person. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. But uh, that's yet to be seen. But, like, it's... I, I don't care about the Apple Watches with the Red Sox in 2016, was that? I think so. Also, different management group. Uh, like, first half of the season. First half of the yeah. season in 17. Uh, who cares? Anyway. Um, then the commissioner, commissioner's letter goes out to all teams, and it never made it down from Loonhow because he knew exactly what was going on that's, to that's so they're So the Astros GM, and I, and I know we talked about this, Sean, um, comes out and says immediately after, like, basically it's like, hands up, like, I had nothing to do with this. I didn't know about it, blah, blah, blah. Like, I, there is a tweet somewhere on, like, in a month or two ago that was like, this is total BS. Like, there was no way this guy didn't know. Everyone in the clubhouse did this. Just own up to it. Like, that's my problem with the Astros right now is they won't come out and just say, you know what? We cheated and it worked because we won the World Series and well, we're going to keep winning the World Correa came out and was just like, yeah, we cheated. And then yeah, like, kinda. He, but he just didn't say it outright. More, more than everybody else. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'll give it to Correa. Like he said, like, I mean, I, the buzzers thing. Look, I don't think they were using buzzers. I, 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 I just, I don't think that they were using actual hardware in games. Like, you I can't. Do. I do. I, I don't believe that. I, I watched. Um, I don't know if I retweeted it or not. So Tuesday night. I saw a video. Harold Reynolds did a breakdown on, on the MLB Network on one of their shows. I don't know, MLB Tonight or something, where he gave a 10-minute breakdown on that at-bat in 2017 in the ALCS when Tuve hits that walk-off uh, home run. And, on, and, and he's facing Chapman at that, in, in that at-bat. And he talks about, he says, uh, hey, like, this is what every single baseball player would have expected. You're looking for a fastball. You know if he throws a slider, you're crushing it. He's, he, and Harold Williams spoke down. He's like, I any baseball mind like knows like you're getting that. But then he went a little further to like show the I like rewatched the entire like thing after where Altuve wouldn't take a shirt off and that's in the question or whatever. Like there is still no even though his shirt didn't come off of him. There was no way that a buzzer would have been taped to him because there would have had to have been a wire. And his and even though his shirt didn't come off of it, all of it got tucked before he ever stepped foot in the clubhouse. He was on the field for like 30 minutes after the game before he ever hit the clubhouse. And there was no way if he had a buzzer tucked under that jersey, he's on the field for that long. I get I, I get what you're saying. I've seen all of that. Um, I've seen I've seen that Altuve was on the field for a longer amount of time than people originally thought. I, I've seen it all seen that agree with you that look chapman also did not throw a good slider whatsoever he hung it, that thing chapman out to sucking dry he sucked in the, he, he sucked in the yeah yeah he hung it he hung out the he hung it out to dry and altuve took advantage of it awesome earlier in the game altuve wasn't wearing an undershirt he comes up to bat he's wearing an undershirt you can see it. He's not wearing an now. Undershirt. He's not wearing an undershirt. Was he not? Then so I have no, 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 no. Go watch it. Go watch it. He, you, you can clearly see he's not wearing anything under his shirt. Right. It's just his jersey. Are you sure? Fuse got you on that one. I'll look it's at not. It. It's not. It's not. Go. I'll send you the video. Then we'll go. To, then we'll go to the buzzer. We'll go to the buzzer. 
you did not you did not need a wire for the buzzer. The buzzer worked off a watch battery. It was it was about the size of a quarter, let's call it, a half dollar. And it was just a watch battery. It was a watch battery in a casing that would be taped and that would buzz. So you didn't need a wire. All you needed, to, all you needed was a trigger somewhere else. It's like a dog collar. Have you ever seen a buzzer dog collar? It's the exact okay. same thing. All except right. the has got chest. I'll, I'll give it to you on that. Like if you, I, I mean, it's 20, well, at that time, it's 2017. Like technology's advanced long enough where you don't need a wire for a buzzer. Um, I mean, clearly there was no wire. Like I, yeah, I, I was sho- I was shocking my dog from halfway across the yard in 2010. <laughs> um, but yeah, Wick, you don't you don't need that. Like, but I just I don't know. I find it hard to believe that you're they're using buzzers. Like, I I just don't I don't think that they're gonna risk that much. Like, they you could clearly hide the fact that they were stealing signs from a TV because they did it. But and it would have stayed quiet. Had no one else, like, had no inside source let it out. But at the same time, buzzer, I don't think they would risk that. I think at some point something would happen. In a slide, in a a head-first slide to second base, you're telling me that buzzer isn't coming off, even if it's taped? No undershirt? Nothing's coming off. You got some good tape? Yeah, but you're adjusting it. If you have good tape? Something's happening there. I don't don't buy that. But, like, the only thing I want to go at you about the Yankees, like, Dodgers, the Dodgers have... Ah, the do- they're frustrating because they have like a kind of a legitimate gripe. But my big thing in all of this is that every single team is doing this. Every single team in the MLB. I, ju- I don't think every team. I don't think every team is doing it. I I really don't. Uh, maybe other than the Royals who stink. Like obviously the Reds haven't been doing it the past two years, and if they are, it's not working. But like, it, it's just I believe that like. I'm strongly of the case that every single team who is anything is doing some sort of version of this. And I don't think we will ever know. I know for a fact that the Yankees are doing something. Do I really care? No. I just want them to I just want it to be then proven so that Yankees, <laughs> so I want it to be proven so that Yankee fans like you, Sean, just shut up about it because it doesn't matter. I don't care. We Never don't care. Won. The games are played. The games are played. Oh, I'm not sitting here saying take away their championship. Would I like to see it happen? Yes, absolutely. Do I think it's practical for it to happen? Absolutely not. Because I think you will. One, professional baseball is not the NCAA. It's not. And you, it's NCAA you see step up. This <laughs> it's your op- you would open up Pandora's box. And we yeah. actually see that with the NCAA. What teams are being are having championships taken away for? Now, what? most of it is recruiting violations, but you're still opening up Pandora's box as to what constitutes a strip of a championship. I, I applaud uh, – one thing I actually applaud Manfred for is not taking away the championship because you would open something that it, it would be impossible to get close to get. Yeah, I mean that's the only thing he's done good. Uh, he called it a piece of metal, and players were quite pissed about that. <laughs> like. He, I didn't really he came put back too on, much he came on that. Back on his remarks. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. But like, you can't like go back on things you say and and just make it all right. Like, you said it. If you said it, you said it. Like, that's yeah. my thing. Like, if you, I like, if you did it, like you're the Astros. Just like we all know, you did it. Just be like, yeah. So what? We did it. Who cares? We won. It was awesome. The parade was sick. I drank a thousand beers and oh I went God. out and had a great time. Like, it, it was just like, it, I mean, I just don't care. 
And like the Red Sox did it. And I still don't care. No, that they do it the extent the Astros did. No, but like, do I care? The act? I mean, the Astros just had a better system. Do I wish the Red Sox had the Astros system? So we would have won in 2017 and we would have won in 2019. Absolutely. Like, I just don't care if my team's cheating. Cheating has proven in sport time and time and time and time and time again. It is always worth it because you can never. My thing is always you can never replace the moments of joy that you feel when you or your team win a national win a national or world championship. You can never take that away from someone. Even if you take away the banner in the stadium, just like they have in Louisville and other places around the country. You will never be able to replace those moments of joy when you saw your team win the championship. And if you are a college football coach, you should be handing out millions to recruits. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm, look, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, I don't wish South Carolina handed out millions to recruits. I really wish they did. It I was. also am very curious how they got Jordan Birch, but that's for another conversation. Are they still going to go four and eight next year? And it's not going to matter. <laughs> You know, uh, so what is your hot take that you were squatting on? All right, here's my thing. Rob Manfred is in the in this total thing. I think on both sides of the fence, like if you're on your side of the fence or if you're on my side of the fence, like has just been completely incompetent. He looks worse than the Astros right now. Like, get rid of this guy. He's an idiot. He's proven he's proven over and over that he doesn't know how to market the game of baseball. Like we can't, I can't get on my phone and tweet out a highlight of a baseball game unless it comes from the MLB. That is so stupid. How do you expect 15 year olds to see highlights while they're sitting in class and the Cubs are playing a day game? They want to get on their phone and look at Twitter and see, uh, I don't know, any of the, like Kyle Schwarber hitting bombs over the, over the outfield fence. Like you can't even do that. It's crazy. No, you can't. The guys in- you can't. I, I agree. I agree. And I, I do think it's hindering the game to a younger audience, which you, you can make the argument, well, you have these juice balls and they're hitting more home runs and that's what's going to get young people into the game. No one's going to sit down and watch a four-hour game. I don't, I don't care if you shave 45 seconds off of it. You are focusing on – you're picking the wrong battle, especially for Manfred's position. It's not worth it to remove the lefty specialist because then you're going to leave a lefty in there and he's going to get absolutely shelled for four batters till you can take him out of the game and you're going to have to bring in a new batter who's, or new pitcher who's going to have to take more time to warm up and then probably get shelled again because he's coming out cold. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's... Like you're, these you're new... The time of the game is not where... You keep the games as long as they are. I understand removing... I understand removing time. Like, I get it. It's whatever. It's a cause you want to fight... But it doesn't matter how much time you remove if no one's going to watch the game. That's Yeah, I'm so with you because here's the thing that baseball doesn't seem to understand. The game of baseball is not the problem. The game of baseball is inherently long. It is inherently boring. I knew that when I was five. I know it at 23. It is a boring game. I like it. You like it. There are millions of people who like it. The problem is that if your dad didn't like baseball or your mom didn't like baseball or my dad or my mom didn't like baseball and there wasn't baseball on in the house when I was a kid and my community didn't like baseball, I would have no clue how to watch baseball. Like, I, don't, I wouldn't know a thing about it because I can't get on my phone as, I mean, even like a, I don't know, eight-year-olds have phones now. Um, 
my sister's 10 and she knows more about my phone than I do. Like you need to get that into kids' hands. Like you need to show them that your problem with baseball is you are not making yourself marketable. And you sit here and people bash Mike Trout for not being like some big superstar. Mike Trout is not set up to be a big superstar because no one knows who he is because I can't see his sick catches over the outfield. I can't see him robbing home runs and I can't see him hitting bombs until 10 minutes after it happens and the MLB tweets it out and no one wants to retweet an MLB account. No, no. It also doesn't help. He's, you know, first pitch happens at 10 o'clock at night and you're already in the ninth inning of the Sox game back on the East coast. But that's true. That's true. I mean, as far as Mike Trout is concerned, like it's late, but basketball, I mean, basketball struggles with the same problem. Like basketball, like you you might not tip off until eight o'clock. Like that's crazy town. Like kids aren't staying up to watch those games, but, I mean, they're going to catch the first half because they're in love with the game of basketball and they're in love with the people who do it. Also, the baseball video game finally coming to Xbox in 2021 will help. Like, that will help. More people can... Video games drive a, a younger audience. I can tell you firsthand, I never watched soccer growing up. I didn't care about it. I've played FIFA, like, since I've been in middle school or whatever. Yesterday, the last couple of days, like, Champions League's been on. At 3 o'clock, I'm watching Champions League because I know who these players are because I play with them in video games. I can't do that on my Xbox. I can't go play with Mookie Betts or anyone else because, like, MLB The Show isn't on Xbox. And the MLB, like, I get that that's not a total MLB thing, but they should have been pushing for that a long time ago. Like, it's not that hard to find a game creator and say, hey, I'll just give you the licenses and make this cool and, like, make it good and make people like it. And it's not RBI baseball. Yeah, RBI baseball stinks. Um, what was the last thing I wanted to talk about with you, Sheen? I cannot, I cannot, pl- oh, all right, there you go. We haven't talked much about it, but this, like, we, we want to do just a couple minutes here on on the uh, Red Sox 2020 season. Um, <laughs> it has been an abysmal offseason for us. I Where? am... Where I am used you? to. So yeah, I'm. I'm used to Dave Dombrowski uh, saying, "You know what? Like, screw it. We're gonna spend eighty bajillion dollars. You want David Price? We'll get him. You want Chris Sale? We'll get him. You want JD Martinez? Guess what? We got him. Like, we win the World Series. You want John Carlo? No, we don't want John Carlo. He's gonna go to New York and stink for two years, and he's done that." Wait, is it three now? I don't know. I can't even remember. I don't for a long time. It's two. <laughs> He's going to stink again this year. He's like, getting used to the bright lights. <laughs> but, like, it, it's I'm used to getting who I want and my team being like, let's go win a World Series. And guess what they're not doing? They're getting rid of everyone. It's so demoralizing. It's so stupid. And I hate John Henry. And I want him to sell a team because he sucks. And he sucks just as much as Rob Manfred. If he quit worrying about Liverpool, like, and maybe put some time into the Red Sox, we could win another World Series. We have an incredible team. We need a couple pieces. We just got rid of the best athlete we've ever seen since Ted Williams. And I tell you what, if Mookie Betts was playing in 1945, he would have hit 10,000 home runs. And they just ship him off. Man, this is it. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. <laughs> You know why? Do you know why I'm so happy? I'm so happy for a very specific reason. Very specific. My two least favorite fan bases of all time: the Mets and the Red Sox. I can't tell the difference between what fans are what. You sound. You sound like every other 
Mets fan that I've ever come across. Well, see, the Mets and just it is stuck. glorious. Like, the Mets just stuck, but in our lifetime, like, you know, we're Get both ready for 20 years of just trash baseball and never signing anyone worthwhile. Dude, I don't, like, I, I like, wouldn't hate it if Heim Bloom woke up tomorrow and he had some kind of disease where he couldn't be a baseball GM. It was, like, anti-GM disease or something, and he just couldn't do it anymore. Like, he couldn't add or whatever. Like, I would not hate that. And, I mean, no offense to him. I'm sure he's a nice guy or whatever. Like, I don't bring, I'm crying at this point. And the fact to me is the Red Sox ownership knew they were going to get rid of Dave Dombrowski after they won the World Series in 2018. They knew it before then. Then they were like, oh, crap, well, we can't fire him now. We just won the World Series. So they said, you know what, Davey? You, you pay Chris Sale way more than we have to because we still have him on contract. Why don't you go bump his salary? And go pay Nathan Eovaldi a ridiculous amount of money. Like, and it is true in baseball, you get paid for what you have done, like not necessarily what you will do. Um, and like you, you just let him spend all of your money. And then in 2019, you woke up and you're like, we ain't got no money. Like we're, we're like, duh, you idiots. Like you let him spend all of your money. If you wanted to fire him, just fire him. Grow up. It takes, it takes a very, very, very special type of person to trade Mookie Betts. This is worse and, than the Babe Ruth trade. It's worse than the Babe Ruth trade, Sean. And Price. We're never going to win a World Series again. And have to eat $9 million. <laughs> See, I get the David Price thing because they wanted to get rid of that contract. It was bad for them. Like, I don't care. Do I want David Price on my team? Yeah, I don't care. It's not my money. It's John Henry's. Like, I don't care how much he's spending. He's a billionaire. I'm like, hey, what this dude? We got a. We got a we got a Skype problem. What'd you say? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, a little Skype issues. You just went Robo Tyler for a hot sack. Oh um, yeah, but I'm saying like I want David Price on my team, but like I don't like it's. Do you? I don't care that. It, yeah. Do you really yeah. want David Price? He's you good. Did. He's a good number two. He's the best number two you're gonna get. Like, do I want? Are you asking me if no. I want David Price on my team? Because Cy Young winner. Yeah, I want David Price my team. Yeah, hey, you know who the Yan- you know who you know who's the Yankee number two? Garrett Cole, uh, Luis Severino. Garrett Cole's number one. Excuse you. Uh, sorry, my bad. Uh, yeah, well, Severino sucks. Um, Garrett Cole. Okay. By the way, all you okay. all you Yankee fans waving your finger about the Astros. Garrett Cole, where'd you get him from? Houston. Guess what he's doing? And if you're going to tell me that a pitcher didn't know about this thing and didn't and, and just kept it quiet, I will remind you, I will remind you, Sean, that a Astros former pitcher was the one who broke this story in the first place. Mm-hmm. Pitchers know what's happening. Everyone in that Astros organization knew what happened, which makes it so much crazier. Everyone kept quiet for so long. Like, even the garbage guy knew what was going on. And they were just like, hey, we're going to shut our mouths and win. And I love that. Dedication. We, uh, we were very fortunate. Um, the most influential man in all of sports had a great tweet today. Um, <laughs> if the Yanks can't tolerate Astros cheating and believe <laughs> Astros, <laughs> and believe Astros tweeted in 2019, how do they play behind Cole this season? I'm sorry. Hold on. So great. Look, look. That's hold the on, end all be all. Explain who that <laughs> came from. Matthew's not. Matthew's not here. <laughs> But he loves Mike Francesa. That's a Mike Francesa tweet from that's Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, that was today. 
Well, Wednesday. We're 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 dropping on Friday, Sean. Thanks for ruining breaking the fourth wall for us. <laughs> you didn't tell me. You did not tell me we were <laughs> dropping on Friday. Hold on. When is this? Wait. When is this coming out? When's when's Friday. this dropping? Dropping okay. Friday. Like so uh, tweet tweet on Wednesday from Big Mike Francesa. You know, look, Mike has a point. I agree, but you know, look, Aaron Aaron Boone's going to get in front of the team. Be like, look, guys, we paid him. Three hundred million dollars, about three hundred, yeah. four hundred million dollars. Yeah, you're gonna get along with them. Do you care? I don't, care? I don't care. Do don't, you care about your team's care. money? I don't care. I don't no. care. Pay him. No, that's the right thing. I'm, I'm, glad, I, look, I'm, I'm, I'm glad they paid him. But like, going off Mike's tweet because we know Mike is all knowing. Um, <laughs> well, to a, in a sense, he is. Uh, paid Mike. Uh, Garrett Cole, he's going to pitch for the Yankees this year, you know, <laughs> and he's going to be a pitcher for New York. Now, the thing with New York, they don't like the Astros. Well, where did Garrett Cole pitch before New York? The Astros. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what I'm trying to say here, and look, we'll, uh, we'll get your calls in a minute, is Garrett Cole is a pitcher for the New York Yankees. <laughs> Look, I love money, but I, I don't care. I don't care that Garrett Cole is a pitcher on the Yankees because, or a pitcher on the Astros, because I kind of had an idea he was going to be pitching for the Yankees, and I think yeah, everyone I had everyone yeah. had an idea. Yeah, I knew Garrett Cole was going to. Yeah, like, I didn't. I didn't second guess that at all. Actually, I did see though, like last week, a report got leaked that the Blue Jays offered him originally more money than the Yankees did, which is scary. If you're an AL East fan, because the Blue Jays have probably the best young, young core in baseball, and they are looking to spend. That is scary. Yeah. So right, I wonder gonna, what I wonder what Tampa real quick, I wonder what Tampa's gonna do with their young rotation and absolutely nobody in the field. Um, I think they're I think they're in a similar Tampa, situation to the Mets. Maybe trade everyone, uh, sell the team, leave Tampa. Go to Montreal. Your team sucks. <laughs> Your fans suck. Your stadium sucks. Like, Vancouver needs a team more than your, Montreal. I'll tell you that. Your right uniforms. Now. Your uniforms suck. Like nothing's good about the Rays. I don't even like a word. Tampa. Like it's terrible. The Ray. The Rays. Like just they are. They stink. They're terrible. Like so bad. But so I will not be rooting for the Dodgers this year. By the way, screw them and screw the Red Sox forever <laughs> talking to them. Am I roboting out? You just went robo. Yeah, you went robo. So, I'm not rooting for the Dodgers. Screw them. Like, I don't care. I'm rooting for Milwaukee because they got my favorite athlete of all time, former South Carolina Gamecock, Justin Smoke. Big pickup. Uh, Actually, solid first baseman. Had a really good offensive year two years ago. Had a decent one in 2019. And they got my guy, Griff Holt's dad, Brock Holt. So Brock Holt, guy can play anywhere in the field. He's not gonna. He's, hey, look, he's. I'm not gonna lie to you. He'll get you a few knocks. He'll do a. He'll get a cycle. He'll become the first guy to get a cycle in the uh, NLCS next time or NLDS. Um, and he like he's fun. So like I'm gonna root for the Brewers. I like the Brewers. Love Milwaukee. Been there. Stadium's awesome. Fans are sick. So I'm gonna be rooting for them. Um, but before we go. Give me, I know we're both going to go with the same team to win the AL East, but give me your rankings one through five of like 
Yankees. Then like, okay. We'll go. Oh, geez. Let's see. We'll go Yankees, obviously. We'll go Yankees one. Let's see. Tampa's good. I think Tampa takes two. Okay. I think Tampa takes two. Um, give me Blue Jays down at three. Give me... I don't think the Sox are going to be that bad this year. You're, you think you're going to be that bad? Good. <laughs> I think you'll take four. And then five toss it up. Okay. So uh, I'm... I'm... I'm with you, but just to play devil's advocate, I'll take Yankees one. Obviously, I don't think there's any way the Yankees don't win this division. I'll take Blue Jays two. I'll take okay. Blue Jays two. I think the I think the Rays are going to look to sell at the deadline. I think the on the opposite end, the Jays are going to look to buy at the deadline. I think the Jays could make a real surge in August. Like I don't if that's going to hold through September. I don't know. Um, and then I'll take the Rays at three, and I will say. The Red Sox right after them at four because if we are worse than the Orioles this year, I'm gonna go jump off a bridge. Like I, I'm not gonna take the Orioles stink. Like there's terrible. If we're worse than the Orioles, I will. I'm I'm just never gonna be a fan again ever ever ever. ever. Hey, one of the uh, one of the uh, you know interesting stories in baseball last year. <laughs> yeah. I, yep. All right, dude. Thanks for coming on, Sean. Um, actually, this is the this is the end of the lead block today. So this is the first time we've ever ended on an interview. Um, so we will, Matthew and I will see you uh, again on Monday. Uh, thanks for listening. Thank you to Ben Sound for our music for the show. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at the lead underscore block. Uh, Matthew at Matt the Chosen One with the number one. Myself um, at Tyler Walter CNR. Uh, check the Twitter account for Chris's uh, social media handles. I think we forgot to ask him in the interview. Sean, you're like at S. Carter Goff, right? Yeah, don't follow me. <laughs> He's not too... I can promise you nothing interesting is coming from Sean's Twitter feed. Nope. You'll get a, bad, just, a, tweet, a tweet every four months. That's kind of what I'm just my average right now. It's just a golf tweet. I tweeted about the All-Star game the other day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. You did. You did. Um... <laughs> But yeah, that's going to be it from the lead block this week. Uh, Thanks to Chris. Thanks to Sean for coming on. And we will see you Monday. This podcast is part of the Garnet Media Group Podcast Network. Garnet Media Group is a partnership between student-run media outlets at the University of South Carolina. Find out more about Garnet Media Group's podcast and other student work on garnetmedia.org.